Welcome to Unbox. Um, we're here with Christina Mendanza. My name is Charlie. I will be your host today. First TV job, I was 19. Wow. I uh, worked at a couple stations in town, went to Denver and worked at a station out there. Go Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in. Right, right. Uh, you know my husband's a Lions fan. Oh yeah. And uh and then I was back here for twenty two years at the ABC affiliate and left there in June. Been doing my own thing since then. That's a I've, long run. Yeah, long it's actually for nowadays, absolutely. Yeah. I mean it didn't used to be. We've had yeah. a lot of longtime people in this market who were on TV for a long time, but nowadays with the disruption in the television news industry. 22 years is a long run yeah. at one station. What's the highlight of like that 20-year span? There's probably a lot. There are, there's so many. Uh, a lot of the travel that they used to do yeah. in local TV news uh, was fantastic. I had a great trip to Israel, took a great trip to China, lots of trips down to Mexico. So I think those What is that like? Do you, do you go like with a crew? And I've always been fascinated by that because you always see the person on camera and you. I right. always wonder... I mean, at least locally, you see the van sometimes. Right, know, right. But when you go like to a trip like Israel, is that like an entourage? Well, or? I did. Well, no, it was just myself and a photographer that went back then. Wow. And nowadays, it may even be the journalists by themselves because as technology yeah. improves, you know, a, a lot of those jobs are being eliminated and a lot of those uh, systems are being automated. But if you, I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, I guess I'm just old school. In my opinion, if you want an, an artistic Mm -hmm. uh, well-told story you need a dedicated photographer and a dedicated reporter right and then nowadays with guys like and we talked about this the other days anthony bourdain like i know spencer's a fan too of like his, his show him. right just the cinematography you know the they've got to have like some of the best um dps like just on the crew absolutely capturing, yeah you get that level definitely because yeah, obviously he's a good storyteller the way he tells it but when you have a visual to kind of accompany that I think it just goes a long way. And I don't know how long you've been watching him, but when he first started out, he had a very small crew. And you can tell that in the mm. production of the uh, of the pieces, of the shows. And you can see how the quality improved this significantly. This is like prior to CNN, right? Like, right, yeah. right. But it's amazing now with the internet and technology, how you can sort of, you know, you, you anyone with a phone technically be, you know, broadcast anything, put out a story. I mean, right. we're doing it right now. Absolutely. Um, I have so, a lot of young journalists that ask me, you know, how do I get started? Yeah. How do I how do I do stories? And when I was starting out, the technology did not exist for you to be able to put together your own stories without the backing of yeah. a large media company. Now anyone can do it. I mean, you can do it with your phone. Sure. I mean, a lot of people have turned stories, excellent stories on their phone. You see, you know, citizen journalists out there doing it as well. So the technology, if you're a journalist, is available right now for you to start filing stories. Sure. Form your YouTube, start filing stories. So what do you think is gonna happen to these networks now? I mean, we're, I, I feel like there's a shift where less and less people watch television mm -hmm. and most people, I mean, I mean, I mentioned my wife, like she'll, she's pretty religious about it's 10, right? Just to get whatever it is, uh, updates on, even though it's already on the internet, like, right. but I'm just curious what, what you think is where oh, it's I, going and, and people that are studying journalism, what is it that, you know, what, what avenues are they 
they're going to go after, for, for example? Well, I think it's all going to be about design because so much of it can be automated now. I mean, they have robots writing news stories for some newspapers now. Wow. So I think, but I think it's going to be in the design and in the storytelling. And I think large media companies, they're looking for a way to pivot. Mm-hmm. It may go to over the top programming where you, you'll have an app and, you know, they'll just, they'll feed the app with particular shows or newscasts, whether that's local or regional or national. Uh, I, I think there always will be some sort of news presence within each local market because when something big happens locally, uh, they'll be there to cover it. Right. It may not be five or six stations doing it. It may be mm-hmm. two or three stations doing it as the viewership uh, declines. But there is still you know, a, a significant amount of viewers that turn to, to television. And that plays out right now in advertising dollars. Digital advertising is going up and uh, more people are advertising digitally, but this, the lion's share still of the money being made is made through television. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, so this show, even though there's no format, it's called Unboxed. Mm-hmm. And the reason we call it Unboxed is there's this unboxing craze on YouTube of people opening up packages yep. and yep. Watched a few toys of those. <laughs> and stuff, right? So we want to do here is unbox okay. people. So we want to unbox Christina. You mentioned, you know, we're teasing you about your last name. You, you said you have a Brazilian last name. Um, where'd you come from? Where? What's your backstory? Oh, okay, uh, so my family is from Brazil and the Azores um, off the coast of Portugal. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so that that's where my family lineage comes from. My mom has the relatives in Brazil, and my father has uh, relatives in the Azores. And my mom, too, has some from the Azores as well. And then I've got a dash of Italian in there somewhere. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's where my family's from. Spencer like, claims to have Italian, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I think we've we've been here now about three or four generations. My great grandfather came over and worked. He worked a lot with immigrants and trying to get immigrants, you know, acclimated to mm-hmm. California, get their citizenship, get their business started. And he actually had a radio show. So wow. I have a broadcasting. Did that have in any influence roots. whatsoever? And. In- or just a coincidence? It was just kind of a coincidence, actually. Once oh. I got into the business, I you know, found out more about his past because he was a rancher as well. But at one time, he had a big radio show. So people in the Central Valley, Los Banos, Dos Palos, Merced, Turlock, uh, have approached me at many events and said, I, I used to listen to your great-grandfather. Wow. Or you know, my, my parents listened to your great-grandfather. That's how they got their news because he spoke in their, in their native tongue of right. Portuguese. Interesting. That's pretty cool. So how, how did you end up in this sort of journalism? When did you know that you were this storyteller? I knew really young. I was lucky. I knew really young that I wanted, I mean, as a little kid, I was producing newscasts in my room with my Barbies. Oh, wow. And then as I got older, I loved to write. I got on a debate team. I loved research. Um, I loved I loved everything about telling stories, and I knew that I would do that somehow. I didn't know exactly what medium. I started a newspaper, and then I did radio for a while, and then radio had kind of a disruption in that music radio stations used to all have newsrooms, mm-hmm. so I worked at several of those, and then when they started uh, consolidating those, and as you know, music stations don't have newsrooms anymore, those jobs started disappearing, and I thought, well, I should make the jump to TV, because there's still a lot of journalists being hired there, and that's when I did it. And is anchoring, is that like the top? Is that considered, you know... You know, you could talk to some reporters who've been lifelong reporters that say, oh, no, forget that anchoring stuff. I don't want to do that. I mean, so I don't think it necessarily is. For a lot of people on the trajectory, 
it, traditionally the um, the highest paid jobs have been on the anchor desk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that might be changing now. Uh, but a lot of people who have been reporters want to stay reporters, and that's what they want to do. For me, anchor and reporting, to try to choose between them is like trying to choose between children. Mm. I love them both. Yeah. I, I loved my time anchoring, had a wonderful time doing it. I still produce a very uh, small newscast once a week on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and I do it every Monday. Uh, so I'm still producing and anchoring there. But the stories, the storytelling, I'm really kind of leaning into that aspect of it as I've expanded my business to not only freelance journalism for network affiliates, but I'm, I'm pitching a story now to a sports network. I'm look, working on mini documentaries, and then I'm doing corporate strategic media to help businesses build out their stories. Because as we all know, I mean, every every business has to be a media company right. now. Everyone has channels, everyone has uh, audiences, everyone has platforms. So could you have done the, this transition, so to speak, like even five years ago, do you think, with, with the technology? Hmm. Do you think the technology is one of the reasons why... Oh, definitely the technology is helpful, but I think beyond technology, you have to have the career capital. Mm. I don't. I could not have done this at the beginning of my career. I simply didn't have the skills and the career capital built up. But after thirty years, there are so many skills, and after you know anyone has done anything for that long, you have skills that you can pivot in a new direction. And I think that it's you know a lot of people they box themselves in mm-hmm. thinking, okay, this is what I am. And I'm always going to be an anchor that does a evening show and turn a few stories. And that's all my skills are good for, which is not the case at all, especially right now with exploding platforms right. and so many people needing content, uh, a journalist skills as a storyteller, they're really, they're really next generation skills. I mean, we have traditionally been a society that's been very left brained, very into STEM, which is indeed still important. But uh, so much of that can be automated. So much technology can be automated now that you really have to lean into your right brain and creative and, and to dis- differentiate yourself. And that's the way that's the wave of the future is going right. to be in design. And what, what would you tell a young person wanting to get into this field? Write. Just write? Write like- well, write early, write often. Write as much as you can. With our texting culture, yeah. uh, the people are losing the ability to write well. That's interesting you say that because obviously with your back background, it makes sense that it has to be good, right? First of all, like it should be now in the days of fake news, right? It should be truthful right? first and then it should be told well. Then there's this other school of thought that, um, you know, a mentor of mine, you see his face up here. <laughs> I love uh, him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk, he talks a lot about uh, documenting. Mm-hmm. and not creating so it's a little bit of the opposite he's saying just put he said the the dirty laundry is out he said oh, technology yeah. has exposed everybody well i so think just he's, document yeah. everything what i do think you say he's about talking that? more about authenticity you know you want to write you you want to be authentic in whatever you're presenting whatever art is you're presenting writing happens to be my medium mm-hmm. i think that uh, you know so many people have have i mean because of social media, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, it also has shortened our attention spans. And I think that the ability to write well is is a, an art that is being lost. And I think it's one of the reasons why you don't see a lot of great movies coming out of Hollywood anymore. Mm. 
You know, people have lost the ability to craft and tell a good story. And it's those kind of outliers now that create these these small films that people fall in love with that have, have taken the time to, to sit down and really write it out well. When's the last the formula? film that you can think of that you're like, that was written well? Oh, my gosh. Uh, did you what did you see whiplash i loved whiplash that was good right i loved it i think yeah. my favorite and i think i'm just a fan of the sci-fi genre but my favorite movie of all time is the matrix that's that's a good one that, is that like, was on my top five for yeah for a long time I can, can, can you that. guess what yeah. my favorite movie of all time is can you just take a wild guess <laughs> um no no <laughs> wait a minute where I, I didn't look around <laughs> enough i didn't look around enough you recognize Back to the Future. Yeah, yes, yeah. that is a great movie. That's number one. That's number two. Yes, yes. So yeah, there's a there's a hoverboard here. Um, I love that. It is a, that is a fabulous film. And so many of those those films of the '80s I've watched, and I know you've probably watched with your kids. I've watched oh, that, with my that's, kids definitely. That's crazy how that works. Like once your kids get into what you were into, mm -hmm. it feels like you fall in love with it all right. over again, but Absolutely. like tenfold. So it's like. That's when you start collecting stuff. You know, I'm a grown man and I collect toys. So. <laughs> well, good for um, you. But, but yeah, back back to the the storytelling, right? Like, you know, the Matrix. You can that story, pretty much can transcend time, right? It, Absolutely. You could have told yeah. it hundred years ago, and you can tell it a hundred years from now. I Same with Back to the, the Future. Right. And um, like comedy doesn't translate. Um, cultural things don't translate. So they're making these like Transformer type movies, which are just a bunch of explosions and no story. That way they'll make a billion dollars in China and all over the world. Interesting. It's so expensive to make a film now that unless you're going to sell it globally, you can't really recoup your money. So if you look at these amazing films like Lady Bird and stuff like that, they mm -hmm. don't make much money, even though we would consider them great, well-written films. Um, in the grand scheme of things, they're they're lost leaders, you know. So the the horrible films, these terrible Marvel movies and stuff like that, that make money that keep the industry alive. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I mean, I like a good explosion movie too, once in a yeah. while. But you know, yeah. you want a little variety, and I just. Sure. When I when I look at the movie selection out there, I mean, there isn't much I am willing to go sit in a theater for these yeah. days. I agree. Um, and obviously, well, my kids are still, I don't know what age group. We might actually have kids that are similar age groups. Uh, I know Anissa is 11th grade. So you Okay, yeah. And so is our, our youngest as well, Nanny. Yeah, so yeah. I think they know each other. Yeah. But um, I still have an 11-year-old. So it's like, what, what can we watch that sort of you know, that's for everyone. Right. And the last one, Coco was like a big deal, like in my house. I don't know if you got to see that one. No, I didn't see that one. Pixar, uh, okay. Coco. I do love the Pixar movies. I don't get to see them a lot. Yeah. I don't have little ones. But, yeah. Um, I would say watch it regardless. Yeah. And just have some tissues <laughs> with you. It's definitely talking about storytelling. The, right. the second you forget that you're watching an animated film, that's when you know you're being told a story, a good story. Right. So I totally appreciate that side of things. Now you've been compared, or I guess you've been told that you're between a Maria Shriver and a Mike Rowe. So that that's <laughs> those are kind of two ends of a of a they spectrum. They are. They are. I mean, but I, I like that because Dirty Jobs, like you know what I mean. It's like the way he tells story stories, and he just gets in there. Right. Is is I think his way right of connecting with people. I and I love that. I think uh, Mike Rowe. He's you know one of my. 
I just love the way he tells the story. I think he's authentic. He's fresh. He's, um, you know, he's a guy that you want to sit down and have a beer with and have a conversation with. You want to hang out with Micro. Yeah. And I think that um, if if I could be compared to that, that's a fabulous thing. Because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love people to hang out with me. That's what I'm asking them to do when I ask them to watch my newscast each week or or watch one of my stories or spend some time with me. Yeah. So I do like that. Maria Shriver, um, you know, uh, I think... That's a that's a very nice comparison. I think she's a very classy woman. I think mm-hmm. she's smart. I think she's empathetic, and uh, and I think maybe that's where people connect with her, with her empathy and 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 her. And she's she's just a classy woman. I've had a chance to meet her and, and chat with her, and I really liked her. She she engages people. So I know, I noticed. Um... Well, I've been noticing on your on your social media, you've got obviously you mentioned all the different things you're working on, but you specifically have a thing called false Folsom Focus, right? And obviously, we're both Folsom residents, um, and Folsom, I guess, gets covered a little bit when there's something going on, right? But what what what's that about? Like focusing on on our community. So um, I was approached. This was right before I a few months before I left the station. I was approached uh, by a group of Silicon Valley investors who wanted to launch a hyper local digital site. So because every company and every city and every entity needs to think of themselves as a media company right now, they all have platforms, they all have audiences, and you can't really count on local media to put stories on the air that you want for your city, right? I mean, they're busy, they have a large region to cover, uh, and so they approached me and asked me if I would uh, turn some stories specific to Folsom so they could pilot this hyper-local um, content Interesting. website. So mm-hmm. uh, I said, sure, but you know, I'm not a marketer. I'm a journalist. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to approach it from that way. And they said, great, fine. You have carte blanche. So they gave me full control over the branding of it, the, the graphics, uh, the look, the name, all that stuff. And then they just gave me, uh, we sit down once a month and come up with story suggestions. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring some stories to the table. They'll bring some stories to the table and we'll kind of hash out a list and then I'll go out and cover it. So I turn those stories much like I would turn news stories. Um, now they are they are based somewhat on marketing. I mean, they, this this is uh, they are stories that the the city wants to tell that they you know would hope to get on a local news station. But since that really doesn't happen anymore, mm-hmm. um, that's why they ha- they hired me to do it. So that's what I'm doing: turning stories about Folsom, finding out some fascinating things. Is there about anything our you city. you have? discovered that maybe you didn't know well you know i didn't know i didn't actually know this um apparently uh, many months ago there were reports going into the police station and into local stations that there were these strange lights over the city of Folsom uh like eastern sacramento county people were like what are these lights are they ufos what's going on well it turns out that was intel testing the olympic drones what remember those remember the drones at the beginning of the olympics that formed the snowboarder and that was like amazing and beautiful intel and Folsom developed and tested those right here and that's what those lights were in the sky so my next series of Folsom focus stories coming out i'm going to talk about that Wow. And talk about and, and show some of the testing of those drones. So that's one of the interesting things. Yeah. We have a lot of international companies based in Folsom that I had never heard of before that I learned about. STEM Express is one of them. Mm-hmm. They uh, they send stem cells all over the world. Uh, another one's Inductive Automation. They make software that powers the biggest manufacturing facilities in the world, all over the world, right from right here in Folsom. 
Interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, there's some, uh, I just did a, a fun story on the two rodeo marshals, <laughs> the grand marshals for the <laughs> yeah. rodeo that's coming up. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, it's it's a big deal, the rodeo. Here but, yeah. It's, you yeah. know, the small town thing. And they're yeah. both in their 90s. Wow. And they are both just a kick in the butt. I mean, they're <laughs> awesome. They're so much fun. And they've had interesting careers. One is like in several halls of fame, rodeo wow. halls of fame. And so, you know, so there's fun stories like that as well and things that you find out. I, I toured a, a haunted building on Sutter Street, which was kind of fun. Is it the bar at the end, the corner? Uh, it used the to hotel, be Jaegers. Right? It used to be Jaegers. Jaegers. And now it's uh, Skate Folsom. Oh, yeah. We just try to eat lunch there, actually. <laughs> um, it's actually a cool place. Yeah, it they is really a cool did place. a good job So with that. we toured that. And, did um, you do the escape room yet? Uh, I haven't. I've done one before up in Whistler, British yeah. Columbia. I haven't done the one here, yeah. but uh, I've seen the inside. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they're really yeah, I amazing. I haven't done I don't even know what, what's involved. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's an hour of fun. So should you drink before or after? Both. <laughs> drink, drink both. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so uh, how long have you lived in Folsom? Just curious. 22 years. Oh, wow. So I was living in Denver. Mm -hmm. I, grew up, I grew up in Carmichael. Okay. I uh, went to Del Campo High School yep. here in town and went to um, Sac State. And then right. I was living in Denver working at the NBC affiliate there. And I had a job offer in Philadelphia. Did you ever meet a Denver Bronco? Uh, I did meet a Denver. I met John Elway. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I did. I met several Dem Denver Broncos because we would cover them all the time when I was in Denver. Yeah. That's and, so cool. And the city is just nuts. Went to many games. Did a lot more of the CU games, though. Really? Yeah. I'd cover, they, I mean, they're huge for sports there. So I did Are you a lot more of into college sports, do you think? Or... Well, I mean, I am watching my Gonzaga Bulldogs in Sweet 16. That was on my list yeah, here. Yeah. Like, what's going on there? Uh, yeah, well, they're still you know, in it. Yeah, they're still in it, apparently. So, yeah. And I've been invited to all these um, uh, alumni games. That's where I got my graduate degree up in Gonzaga. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm into sports. You know, I'm really so busy these days yeah. working on my own projects that um, it's about all I can do to kind of keep up on all of the different uh, topics that I'm covering. Yeah. Very cool. So part of Unboxed is we have this imaginary box. Okay. And we're going to rip it open and there's going to be something inside that wow. might surprise people. I'm excited. People, okay. okay. <laughs> so let's pretend we have this box. I'm going to rip it open and there's wine corks everywhere. Oh, wow. So what is... Not surprising. What is, <laughs> <laughs> what is it with Christina and wine? Oh my gosh. Wine is art. It is life. Wine I love wine. Life. Like, yeah. I mean, I... I think I've I've got a frustrated like winemaker in me somewhere, but I'm I'm a huge fan. So I'm yeah. I'm up in Amador all the time talking to winemakers, and I'm yeah. interested in more than just if it tastes good. I love yeah. to know how they grow how they grow it, mm -hmm. how they you know how they what varietals why they choose those varietals. Uh, so I'm just a fan. My husband and I both are. So we spend a lot of time specifically in Amador. We're big Barbera fans, so mm. we're up there quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's so what's this sunshine rose, and glass rose. Uh, craze. <sighs> yeah, people love the rosés. I have to say. Do you think say, White Zen kind of ruined rosé? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people think that's what it is <laughs> when they look Cheap at it. Cheap wine, right? Uh, right. Uh, you know, I've always been a red drinker. Yeah. I'm into the Pinot Noirs. We mm -hmm. go up to Oregon quite a bit, mm -hmm. and I love a good Oregon Pinot Noir as well, mm -hmm. and, and then the Barberas and the Cabs to some degree. Um, don't do a lot of white. Don't do a lot of rosé. Don't do any sparkling. Is that like a sin? 
No, it's not a sin. I just, just don't, don't like, like it. it. I okay. just don't like okay. it. Okay. Yeah, because when we go out and occasionally, because we don't drink wine that much, mm-hmm. I'm more zen. I like oh, yeah. really Yeah, bold. the Zinfandels are nice, yeah. yeah. And um, Cynthia, my wife, she's more of like, give me the sweet stuff. Give uh-huh. me a Moscato or a rosé. Yep. And occasionally some, she'll try other stuff. But um, what's a good, so I'm pretty cheap. Okay. okay. And be, I'm not into wine, but I may spend up to 20 bucks. Maybe. Okay. So it's it's a decent amount I'm willing to spend for a decent bottle. What would you recommend, knowing that I kind of like Malbec and Zin? Well, I just uh, picked up a couple of days ago, um, and it's gone already, so I can't share it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a Scott you Harvey. You got some wine, man, for this show. <laughs> a Scott Harvey, um, which is up in uh, Amador, yeah. and that was 15 bucks. Hmm. Yeah. So, and it, it was delicious. Yeah. I think the Miraflora Zen over a weekend might be better. Hmm. Never heard. Haven't heard that one. Um, earthquake. Have you had that? Uh, yeah, I have had earthquake. Yeah. What do you mm-hmm. think? Of that I one? think it's good. Yeah. yeah, I like that one a lot. They have the Zen Man up in uh, Fair Play as well. Perry Creek. Perry Creek. Yeah. Thank you. Yep, and that's that's good as well. Very cool. Um, my wine recommendations. Yeah. So I found another fun fact on your website. Okay. Home exchanger. Oh, I love is, home exchanging. Is this like... Oh, the, you've got the, me on a tangent Yeah, now. is this like the movie um, The Holiday? Yes, that's exactly so, what it so is. So this is real. This is real. Okay, you're going to have to explain this for us. And I'm actually um, doing another story. I've done a couple of them, and I'm, I'm actually doing another one upcoming here. But so you sign up. There's lots of different websites you can sign up on. Yeah. You build like a social profile. A lot of people put pictures of their family up. Uh, you put pictures of your house. You put pictures of your neighborhood and your area. And then you usually do have to pay like a um, like a service. Uh, it's a small fee per year. I think I pay like 150 bucks or something. And then you get access to all these other home exchangers all over the world. So no money ever exchanges hands. But you want to go to Paris? You look up 15 people who live in Paris. You email them say, hey, do you want to come stay in California for a while while I go to Paris? So it's literally exchanging? Literally. Exchanging houses. No money exchanged. Uh, so that sounds it, awesome. It cuts your price of vacationing by like a third. It's fabulous. And if you think, oh, well, no one's going to want to come to Folsom or not many people yeah. would want to come to Folsom. No, we're, we're so international. Yeah. People have family here. They mm-hmm. don't want to stay in their family's house. They'd much rather have their own kind of space at the end of the night. So, yes, they want to stay in your home. So we've done exchanges to Hawaii. We've done exchanges to British um, Columbia. Several wow. times to British Columbia uh, to see our daughter. We have a daughter that lives up there, so we're up there quite a bit. Uh, exchanges to Denver, uh, exchanges to Vegas. Um, we're doing an uh, exchange to Australia soon. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's actually, and people always think, well, gosh, you know, I don't want these people in my house. I don't know them. They're going to take my stuff. Well, you're in their house. That's true. Yeah. And no, nothing gets taken. So does this service, is it like Airbnb? So you'll sign a contract through the website? Yeah, you sign a contract okay. through the website just so that no one pulls out, you know, prematurely and then you don't have, you're not able to stay there. You have to get other accommodations. I've only had one bad experience and the rest have been perfect. How bad was it? Uh, it wasn't the homeowner's fault. We stayed at a cabin near Yosemite. And it was uh, right after, right before Fourth of July, and we checked in. It was a beautiful place, great, uh, you know, pool table downstairs, perfect for the kids, right on the lake, amazing place. The sun went down, and every spider 
in the oh, world no. came out. <laughs> I mean, the, the place was overrun. And I think what had happened, we had like a hot streak mm-hmm. and they hadn't had pest control up there. So it, we, we couldn't stay there. We were all bit up by the next day. So that was the only bad experience yeah. we had. And it really wasn't there. So you would recommend it though. Oh, absolutely. Especially for us spoiled people up here with like, you know, ginormous houses, oh. right? European it's families. A draw, right? I know. For, yes, yeah. they want to come and stay, and a lot of times they want to stay in our area because it's a good, uh, it's good, you know, middle point between Tahoe, yep. San Francisco, and they can, you know, see lots of different locations. They can drive to Napa, take a ton of day trips. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Very cool. Well, this has been good. Um, I think I covered all my. All my little uh, investigative uh, <laughs> little points here. I try to go deep just to, you know, just to give uh, the whole journalism thing uh, a chance here. But um, Well, I appreciate the no, opportunity. This has been super, super cool. Um, appreciate you coming in, chatting with me. And um, just tell the audience here, uh, we got people watching on YouTube and listening on iTunes and SoundCloud. Perfect. What, what does, like, the next 10 years look for you well um you know i the next 10 years it's hard to say because i think that you know in some ways some of my jobs haven't even been invented yet so Mm. uh, i'm going to continue on with mendonca media uh still doing uh you know strategic corporate content building uh but that's just one part of the business i'm still turning traditional stories for uh, networks and uh, affiliates and other markets Uh, i'm working on some continuing education i'm doing leadership training for a couple of agencies in town. So I think that it will continue to be just uh, whatever interests me. Right now, I'm interested by everything. I think mm-hmm. eventually I'll have to cut back on something. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, I'm interested in everything. And yeah. so we're turning documentaries, and I'm, I'm working with different studios. And to keep up on all of that, I think people, uh, if they're interested in anything I'm doing, they can always listen to my podcast, which mm-hmm. is called A Fresh Agenda. We talk to innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And uh, that's available everywhere. My website, ChristinaMendonza.com, uh, MendonzaMedia.com to find out what I'm doing corporately. And then uh, my YouTube channel. They can look me up on YouTube and uh, please subscribe. I'm yeah. doing uh, newscasts every week there, turning content. And soon you'll hear my voice on the radio on a regular basis. So oh, I'm going to be starting up uh, a partnership with KFBK very soon. Oh, very cool. This, what kind of show? Uh, it's not going to be a show. I'll be doing, uh, I'll be doing some... Some local and regional content several times a day. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. Make sure and follow her and watch her journey now on this new path that she's on. Um, I don't know. I, I call it in my head. It's like you, you've, you've gone from the desk and you've been freed from the desk a little bit. <sighs> you know right? what? That's such a great way to say it because that's exactly how I feel. And I you mean, actually said Spanx and heels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no I, more Spanx and heels. <laughs> I just see the desk, the big <laughs> desk holding you back, and it, the desk is no longer there, and now the world is... Right. Well, occasionally know, still Spanx and heels. Sometimes I got to yeah, dress up. Right. But, yeah. uh, but now I just, I'm, I feel, um, I don't know. I, sometimes I just feel like I've got like lightning inside me. I'm just that's excited awesome. by all these different things. I'm and that's how now. most entrepreneurs feel. Yeah. So we'll try what to would you say going. to the last parting words? What would you say to those people watching that are think, either doing their own thing or wanting to do their own thing and just wanting to, to sort of, you know, break I would, out? I would say make sure you're building your career capital. Mm. be rare and valuable and be so good they can't ignore you that's awesome we gotta end it there that was good appreciate you coming in it was a pleasure thank you very much we're out peace out
Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you bet. It was very good. It was fun.